This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall and wearing the red, white, and blue trucks presenting Kyle Brand. Thank you, Bruce Buffer. As always, a thunderous intro to 10 questions, and thank you for listening to the show. We do not have just conversations here. We have competitions, and as you know, we don't have guests. We have contestants, and we have stakes, and we have intensity, and we have 10 questions for each contestant, somehow related to their life. If they get it right, they get a point. If they get it wrong, they get zero. They leave with a final score that they will carry with them for life. When the question comes up, if they hear the question and they get it right, they're going to hear this beautiful sound effect. Yeah. However, should they stumble? Should they drop it? Should they get it wrong? They have to hear this. And before we hear the voice of today's contestant, I would like him to hear the voices of previous contestants and their final scores so he knows exactly what he is competing against. Let's do a little roll call. Hey, I'm Steve Smith Sr., and I got my ass kicked, and I got three out of ten. I'm Michael the Playmaker Irving, three-time Super Bowl champion, and I got a seven out of ten. I'm Tyron Matthew, and I got a six out of ten. I'm Keegan-Michael Key, and I got a six out of ten. Okay, you heard some scores. What will today's score be? Let's get the contestant in here. Here's what you need to know about today's entrance. He is a state champion in the triple jump in high school, which will tell you what a ridiculous athlete he is. Lake Howell High School, go Silverhawks. He, in my opinion, no BS here. I think he is one of the most interesting athletes we've seen in the last 20 years. I'm fascinated by him, which is why I'm going to be listening to the I Am Athlete podcast. Check out this crew. It's him, Chad Johnson, Fred Taylor, and my personal favorite, Channing Crowder. I love Channing Crowder. I will listen for Channing alone. We also have the House of Athlete Lifestyle Wellness brand. He has it all going on, but does he have the right answers today? Welcome to 10 Questions, Brandon Marshall. Oh, I mean, you just named the show. I mean, do we need to continue? I love it. This is the best intro I've ever been a part of. Well, wait till you get the rest of it, my friend. You are going to love this because I know how competitive you are. I know how multi-layered you are. That's what we hit on. You heard some scores. Brandon, before we start, let's set a goal. Do you have a goal out of 10 for what you want your score to be or maybe who you want to beat? Yeah, yeah. So Michael Irvin, I believe, had the best score, 7 out of 10. Uh, So I think I'm going to aim for an 8. Okay. He wants an 8. ambitious. I love it. If you ever get in trouble, Brandon, and you have no clue, or maybe there's a question that's not in your wheelhouse, you have one lifeline, and our lifeline on 10 questions is called Ask a Millennial. We have a millennial standing by in another room, and if you use that, he'll come in, 
and you guys can chat and he can try to walk you through it. Sound good? Sound good. I mean, can I like phone a friend too? Nope. No friends. <laughs> Only our resident millennials names, Richie. You guys can put your heads together and see what you can come up with. And remember, all of these questions, I promise, they have something to do with your life, your career, house of athlete, all the things you have going on. I promise they're connected. Here we go. 10 right. questions with Brandon Marshall. Number one, Brandon, your category for question number one is comics. Here we go. In the X-Men films, legendary sitcom actor Kelsey Grammer plays what ferocious blue character? Jeez. Okay, so we got uh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. He's from Frasier yeah. and Cheers, and he's one of the X-Men. He plays a dude that's all blue and that is fierce as hell. And remember, this has something to do with you and maybe a character that you play. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, character that I played. God dang. I don't really going to start with that. Can I get a layup? An easy you know what, Brandon? It's a great point. Wait, I think- I'm going I'm to use, I'm I'm use that lifeline now. I want to uh, bring in the millennial. You want to bring the millennial question one. I love yeah, it. I need to see the flow. All right, bring him in here. Richie, get in here. Richie, this is Brandon Marshall. He's a prolific uh, ex-NFL player, and he has the I Am Athlete podcast. Richie, introduce yourself and talk about it. How's it going, Brandon? It's great to meet you. <laughs> We're a- Come on, Richie. Pull, pull me up, man. Let's go. Listen, Richie's hit or miss. He completely screwed over Brett Favre. He, he helped uh, Vigo Mortensen. Guys, you have 30 seconds. The question again, in the X-Men films, Legendary sitcom actor Kelsey Grammer played what blue, ferocious character? Have at it. Make magic. Are, you're not a big X-Men guy? I'm guessing. Uh, it's related. I, I hear, but you know what? It's been a while. I, I mean, on, it's get... been a while for me, too. It's related to you. Uh, Richie, do you know it? No, I don't. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm considered the beast, but... What did that, you say, wait, hold on. that sounds right. That sounds right. Okay. Beast. All right. Brandon says beast. Richie's completely useless. Ladies and gentlemen, is the character Beast? Yeah! <laughs> All right. You need to leave me. Richie, you're supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> exactly. Don't you watch comics all day, Richie? Turn Exit his, stage right. Oh, total turn waste. Off his video. You made this gentleman waste his lifeline, but Brandon, you got it right. Uh, it's Beast, of course. You are one so, for so, one. So, so do I get that lifeline back or no? No, you, you burned it. It's done. You're on your own on this, my friend. And what are you, what are you pouring right now? Are you pouring... What do you I got? to do pre-workout. This is really competitive, like you said. <laughs> You're going to do pre-workout. All right. Yeah. Um, Come on, man. I'm asking you about Beast. That became your nickname years ago. Do you like it? Do you embrace it? Oh, wow. So, uh, Josh Jaworski, I think it what was it. Uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah. He gave me that name a long time ago. Maybe my second, third, third year in the league. And uh, he just said, this kid's a beast. And, and it just stuck. Uh, so, yes, I, I, I do like I do like it. I love it. But there's another side to it, right? Like, the, if, if anybody knows me, follow me. The first four years of my career, um, I struggled, you know. And, and I wasn't the greatest team. I wasn't the best in the locker room. And, and so, you know, once I, you know, spent some time at McLean Hospital and diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, you know, for me, it was all like, how do I tame the beast? Right. So it's, uh, it's, there's a lot to it. I I love it on the field, but I don't like it off the field. So I had to go to McLean hospital back in 2011 in the outpatient program. And, and, um, everything for me back then was about 
you know, uh, how do I tame that beast? And now I'm here today living a happy, effective life and helping out other athletes and other people in the mental health space. We're going to talk a lot about that, Brandon, and all the stuff you're doing off the field and you have. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm like, oh, here we go. No, we are. No, no, no. Trust me. I I love it. There's we're going to talk about that a lot today. The beast uh, on the field specifically. I want to give you a date. December 13th, 2009. It's Broncos versus Colts. Brandon Marshall, the beast, had 21 receptions in a single game. Now, let me set the stage. Josh McDaniels is the head coach. Kyle Orton is the quarterback. Who was your wide receiver coach that day? Adam Gase. Adam Gase. What do you remember about that game? 21 catches with that crew. You know, the odds. What do you remember? I, what I remember is that I didn't remember. Like I, like I, did, I had, there was no thought behind it. I, wa- I walked out uh, pregame, and um, Michael Smith, ESPN, I was like, hey, bro, I want you to jot this down. This is going to be the greatest game I've ever, I've ever had. And I put my headphones back on and took off. And so we get into the game, and I was just in mode. I was in flow, and I was deep into the zone. And, and you know, catch 18, Kenny McKinley, rest in peace, he's no longer with us, sat next to me. I'm like, bro, are you okay? Because he kept staring at me. And he said, man, you have 18 catches. And I was like, what? He said, you have 18 catches. The NFL record is 20. I had no clue. It felt like it was four or five catches. I was so locked in on just doing my job and trying to help the team win that I, you know, I didn't know what was happening. So that was a special day for me. And the thing I took away from that was really about distractions, right? Like sometimes you go out there and you get caught up in who's in the stands and, you know, the celebrations and all that. That was just about doing my job and, and, and completing the mission. And, and I was able to fall into that zone, which was a special day for me. And it's wild because you guys lost by double digits and you had 21 catches. <laughs> what the hell is going on with the defense in the running game? That's why, <laughs> so that's why I think it's going to be hard for someone to break the record, right? Because you have to be losing, yeah. right? Like when you're winning, you start running the ball in the fourth quarter. You go into four-minute offense. So it's going to be hard for someone to break, beat that record because you have to lose and you have to be a number one receiver with a quarterback that's going to throw it to you every play. <laughs> it's incredible. So we are one for one. The, the pre-workout, Brandon Marshall literally drinking pre-workout as we go. He knows the stakes of this program and one for one. Lifeline gone, though. All right, you got off to a good start. Let's go to question number two, Brandon. Your category Brandon Marshall, host of the I Am Athlete podcast. Your category is football history. The first organized football game in recorded history was between Princeton and what other New Jersey university? Princeton lost to this other university in the first football game ever. Now, you've been a Jet and a Giant. You've lived and worked in Jersey. I know. I mean, you have – this is not my answer. I know you have Rutgers there, but Rutgers. Uh, Jersey, Princeton, and uh... – Dang, man. <laughs> I know I got the contestant, but when you start saying – Now, hold on. This is not my answer. I'm just thinking out loud. So, it's Princeton versus another New Jersey school. Do you want to go with Rutgers, or do you have another one you want to suggest? There's not a lot of I'm going to go with Rutgers. You think think Rutgers was playing in the first game ever versus Princeton? No. I mean, like like Ivy League, you know, uh, come on, you can't. Or maybe it is. No, no, I love you. (laughs) I'm just trying Kyle Orton. I'm trying to serve you up. I'm trying to help you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, 
This is not my sweet spot. I have to go with Rutgers. He says Rutgers. You know what's crazy, bro? Rutgers is right. It's right. <laughs> Princeton Rutgers. 1869. Rutgers beats Princeton six to four. All the I, the touchdowns were just worth like one point back then. But you got it right, dude. Wow. How about it? How do you feel? I feel great. My sister, she's actually uh, on the, the women's basketball team at, at Rutgers now. So, Oh, that's cool. It's Scarlet um, Knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Rutgers. And I got the answer right. All right. You're two for two. You're doing really well. I, I, Let's I, go. I'm taking down Michael Irvin. Let's go. Michael Irvin's shaking in his boots. The playmaker. Better step up. I'm America's up. wide receiver. Yes. Okay. Let's get after it. You, um, I asked you about the origins of football. Because obviously you talk a lot of football. I am athlete podcast. You talk a lot in everything you do right now, Brandon, what do you love about the NFL? And what do you hate about the NFL right now? I love that the NFL is um, stepping outside itself. Like meaning now we're starting to embrace the entertainment, like that type of value before it was all about the game, which was awesome. Our game is amazing. Um, Now it's about like, Let's really entertain people. So I love that we are pushing it forward and, and, and really embracing celebrations and, and really embracing our guys' uh, uh, personalities. So I, I love that that part of the game. And I think the game is in great hands when you look at the young talent. Guys are coming in right away and performing at a high level. Before, you know, it was all about vets, vets, vets. And it took three, four, five years for a guy to actually emerge and become the guy. So I think uh, our, our game is, is, is in a nice spot right now. And when you watch the games or when you pay attention to the league, what's the thing right now that, that drives you crazy? Like, God, why are they doing this? Or why is it like this? There must be something. Uh, there's nothing. When we're talking about just the game, yeah. if we're just talking the game, there's, there, there's really nothing. Man. What about Even the if, lack of hitting? It's gone away almost completely. It's almost unrecognizable. That doesn't drive you crazy? No, I mean, listen, uh, you got to think about it. Like, I'm, in a, I'm in the wellness business, and, and, and the the – the things that we've changed and the protocols and the, the rules that we put in place is for the health of our players. And it's making it better. It's making it safer. And yeah, you don't have the hitting anymore, but it's still an, an exciting game. So I actually love that we made those changes and we're, we're continuing to educate ourselves on, you know, brain trauma and, and making sure that our guys, when they leave the game, they're in great shape. You know, if I was you, it would drive me a little nuts, though, because you would have had the best celebrations ever. You could have just gone crazy with everything you did in the end zone because they allow it now. And you were doing them back then. But like, I feel like just when you left is when they really opened their doors. Right. Yeah. But you know what, Kyle? I, I never was that type of guy. Like, I, I, I was so locked in and focused. It just it was too much of a distraction for me. Mm. You know, I, I, I'd rather watch film. I'd rather you know, relax or, or take care of my body than sit there for an hour trying to develop a day on skip in the end zone. Like, man, it, it, no, the celebration was me sitting on a bench and having five, six cameras in my face with these big curly whites. That was my celebration. Yeah, so you, you don't need to set up, like, the bowling alley in the end zone or batting practice and all this shit that they're That's doing That's when I knew it was over. Yeah. That's when I knew it was over when, you know, got to the Giants, had Odell Beckham Jr., started with Shepard. And then I went to uh, Seattle, and we had some of the younger guys over there, uh, Tyler Lockett and, and, and a few other guys that they wanted to – every week it was a thing, even in the meeting. Like, the coach was like, all right, what are we doing this week? All right, you guys get together. I'm giving you 20 minutes to figure out your celebration. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then they get in the end zone, everybody's celebrating. I'm sitting there watching. I, it was so awkward for me. I was like, okay, it's time to go. 
The game has passed you by. Because you couldn't relate or you just weren't interested? And yeah, you didn't... yeah. I mean, you know, the culture is different now. These guys, they're into that. Back in the day, there was only a handful of guys that really embraced the celebration and that and the flair of it all. You know, so I feel like I love it. You know, um, there's some things that may cross the line, like Juju dancing on the logo before the game. I, I, I don't like that part of it. But, the, you know, what their guys are doing in the end zone with the bowling and, you know, the dancing and all of that stuff, that's pretty cool. So's two for two, my friend. Two for two, cruising as we go to question three. You're going down. All right. Also, listen, the Steve Smith Sr. only got a three out of ten. So one more point and you catch Smitty, who I love and respect. I don't know if he had the greatest experience, though, Brandon. Let's go. Question three. Your category for question three is the C. The C. Here we go. With a size of 63.8 million square miles, what is the largest ocean in the world? Hmm. What do you think? Ocean. What's the largest ocean on the planet Earth? 63.8 million square miles. What ocean is the biggest one we got? Uh, I'm going to go out west for where I'm at right now. Pacific. He says Pacific. He spent a lot of time in Florida. I thought you would go Atlantic. Is Pacific right? Three for three. Three for three. Bro, this is your 21 catch game. This is unbelievable. Why? Because every time I made it to the Pro Bowl, it took 10 hours to go over the game. (laughs) Dude, that flight to Hawaii is a long flight. (laughs) Why am I asking you about the sea? Because there's a quote that I like that you talked about what you're into and the work that you're doing, where you said, my purpose is to help people unlock their full potential. If the answer to do that was going to the outer limits of space or the deepest depths of the seas, we would do that. That is right. powerful stuff. Brandon, a lot of people who have followed your career know that you were diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And I know that one of the things that you do day and night is try to break the stigma of mental illness. Right. Define what the stigma is. Yeah, it's uh, a bunch of people walking around uh, not curious and judgmental mm-hmm. and not understanding that uh, mental health and, uh, and, and, and impairment can affect us all, right? Like if it's not me, it's you, you know, and, and if it's you, it could potentially affect my kids. So it's, we're all interconnected. Like just in America alone, there's almost 320 million Americans, probably a little bit more now. And, and, and almost a hundred of us are personally affected by, it, you know? So uh, it's one of those things where we need to be more curious because it eventually it's going to hit you. It doesn't always have to be borderline personality disorder or bipolar disorder, anxiety, depression. It could just be stress, right? And if stress is out of whack and not, and not dealt with um, in your life, it could turn into something bigger. So for me, the stigma is, is us not understanding how to talk about mental health. It's us in the media, uh, um, you know, we, we got to do a better job of changing the narrative, right? Not everyone that have a behavioral uh, uh, behavioral issue uh, is someone that that deals with with mental health issues, right? And and that labels and that hurts the other people who are fighting it or maybe living in silence. And 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 I think we just do a better job of starting the conversation at the media level, so it can trickle down to you know our dinner room, uh, our, our dinner tables, and. 
and, and the school systems, right? Like we got to do a better job of making sure that everybody feels comfortable having a discussion because the funding is there. The resources is there. Now, if everybody understood how big of a deal it was, we'll be healthier. It's great to have the conversation. It's even cooler to have a company, the House of Athlete. You guys have everything. You have resources. You have products. You have wellness products. It's all about living this healthy life physically and spiritually. Brandon, there's somebody listening right now. They're driving in their car. They're listening to 10 questions. It's a man. It's a woman. It's a kid. And they're feeling not right. They're stressed. They don't have self-confidence. They're down on themselves. They're depressed. What should they do? What's the first step? Someone listening right now, what should they do? Right, yeah. So <laughs> House of Athletes is built on five pillars. Okay. And the way we came up with these five pillars is we studied the healthiest people on the planet, and that's the athletes. Athletes, uh, we have to be, we have to be uh, like just magicians when it comes to dealing with impairment and also performance because that happens, that can happen you know, daily, it can happen within hours, right? One day you're celebrating, you're on, the, you're on top of the pedestal, everybody loves you, you hit the game-winning touchdown, hit the game-winning shot, and then the next moment or the next day, you know, you, you, you had a terrible game, and now everybody, in, in, you know, out there writing terrible things about you or saying horrible things about you. So you have to be able to navigate both sides. So when you look at what the healthiest athletes do, the top-performing athletes, they do these five things well. Number one, they train. You, you got to move. If you don't feel good, if your body is not healthy, then that affects your brain and affects your mind. The second thing is fuel correctly. Nutrition is critical. Think about this. We can be sick and we can take medicine and we'll feel better. So what happens if we're putting junk in our body, right? So that's what, why, why, why uh, uh, nutrition is important. Supplementation is critical. Ideally, we want to get all our macronutrients and macros through, supplement, uh, through uh, food, but it's impossible. So that's why we have to learn how to supplement, why it's important, and when do we do it. The third thing is we got to be mentally fit. you got to have a plan. Talk therapy is okay. Also, on the other side, meditation is a great thing. How do I stay locked in? How do I be present? How do I be mindful? So those are practices that we should, we should practice daily. Those are things that we should incorporate into our routine. Both sides, you know, if you're dealing with stress, you're dealing with depression, there's people out there that you can talk to, right? And then daily, what am I doing? How am I creating space? In my schedule, how am I creating space in my routine where I can just be present and breathe? The fourth thing is recovery. Like, when do I shut off? When do I go to bed? Uh, how do I take care of this bum knee? And the last thing is tribe. I've never seen a, a top performing athlete make it to the top without a team around him. If we do those five things as just gym pop, like we're going to unlock our full potential. You know, those are the fundamentals of health. There's a lot of cool things we can do out there. But what happens if we're dehydrated? Even that, something as simple as that. You know performance decreases by 15% if we're just dehydrated. Our body is made up of 70% water. You don't think that affects you mentally? Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. So that's, 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 that's what we embrace here are those five pillars. And we really lean on that. And we really preach that every single day. And lest anyone listening think, Brandon... Okay, great. You know, you were born with this superior genetics. Uh, you got in, in millions of dollars. I don't have it. Brandon's been through a, a long journey to get here. It has it not been easy, and you've done a lot of self-inspection. And to your credit, you've had a lot of missteps that you've owned. It has not been some easy thing that you've done. If you want to get your life in order, go to House of Athlete. All the things they're selling, the five pillars, was beautiful. And we're going to talk more about it. Yeah, and Kyle, I don't even have to come to House of Athlete. And you don't even have to have money to embrace the fundamentals, right? Mm-hmm. 
Go walk, go run. Figure out what a healthy carb is, a healthy veggie, a healthy fat, a healthy protein. You know, take it one step at a time, one day at a time. These are just fundamentals. Talk to someone that you trust that's in your circle. These are just fundamentals. Well, when you start talking about it, man, I start to feel better. It's incredible. It's And I totally subscribe to what you do. I love it. I respect it. Everybody get after it. And Brandon, we're going to go to question four. You are undefeated right now. You're doing beautifully. We're going to talk more and about still, this. And I still have my call of millennium, right? Oh, no, you use that on question one, my friend. You use that oh, question okay. one. It's out. Oh, you have, you're, oh, in the, you're oh, naked in the dark. You're the rest of the way, my friend. Question four. You love this category. This is name the movie. All we do is we play a clip from a movie, a very popular one. You listen to it. Say the name of the movie. You get the point. Are you ready? Ready. Brandon Marshall, name the movie. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah, coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things would have been different. I'd have gone pro. In a heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. What do you think? There's people screaming at their phones right now, Brandon, that they know this. How do you not know this? Come on. <laughs> what do you think? What does that have to do with me because I play football? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I'll connect it after you get it right if you do. What do you think? Oh, my you got a guess? So I wanted to say, I wanted to say, Talking Denzel. It's like it's because it, it, I don't know why it sounded like Denzel. So I was like, "That's Remember the Titans," but then it went on. So that yeah. that's that wasn't Denzel. Nope. The program nobody talked about. The program was a real football movie. Yep. It was not the program. And then you got um, <laughs> you got you got Rudy. That wasn't Rudy. Nobody talked about throwing it over the, over there. No. You got um. Is that Dynamite Sunday? or something? What'd you say? Is that dynamite? I don't know. What's dynamite? I don't know. I, 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 dynamite. That's I'm going. It's got to be like a comedy or something. Brandon's brain's in a pretzel right now. Is it a comedy called Dynamite? Brandon, you know what's crazy? The name of the movie that you just listened to is Napoleon Dynamite. That's what I said. You said dynamite. You said, that's, that's the Napoleon is a huge part of the title. Napoleon Dynamite was the movie I can't oh, accept. Dynamite. Yeah, because it sounded like a goofy, like it, it had. That's that. He, no football player is going to say, "I'm throwing it over a mountain." It's so Uncle Rico, huh? Yeah, it, Uncle Rico is the name of the character. Like it's this crazy old washed-up hasman. I think it's funny that Denzel would be playing here's Uncle the, Rico. Here's the deal. I got a secret though. Yeah. What's the secret? Like, like a lot of people, that's one of those. That's one of those iconic movies yeah. that everybody watched. You watch it ten times. Sure. I watched it one time, and it was like half of it. Well, the guy's talking about being a quarterback. The connection to you is you've obviously played with some really cool, a huge variety of quarterbacks. So I'm going to say I'm going to name five of them, and I'm going to give you some scenarios. The five quarterbacks: Ryan Fitzpatrick, Russell Wilson, Eli Manning, Jay Cutler, Kyle Orton. Of those five. Brandon, you have to drive cross-country 3,000 miles. It's going to take you 10 days. Who are you driving with? You can only pick one. Well, I'm, I'm, Ryan Fitzpatrick is my favorite quarterback. He was the, he was, he was the one I, I, you know, 
I enjoy playing with the most and even just, you know, the, the, our relationship phenomenal. But I don't want to drive across uh, uh, across uh, the country with Ryan Fitzpatrick because all he eats a Harvard, Harvard grad. He's going to be using words that I don't understand and, and, and I can't, you know, I can't use. So uh, we're going to take him out. Cal Orton, I love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. But uh, we didn't talk much back then. I love you, but it, it was all business. So okay. <laughs> what the hell we were talking about? So Cal Orton's out. Russell Wilson is interesting. Okay. Russell Wilson's interesting. I love Russell. And, and, and you know, I want to go with him because we'll probably be praying and we'll probably be, you know, worshiping and we'll, we'll pull over, read our Bible, you know. Um, and, and I really see life the same way Russ sees life. But, yeah. And then you got you got Jay Cutler, you got Eli. Eli oh, Eli. Is Eli the choice? I'm going to take out Russ. I'm going to take out Russ because. You know, Russ is next level with the faith. I need to get there. Um, but, but um, you know, Russ is going to be praying the whole way, which is awesome. He's going to be praying over the team. He's going to be praying it's over everybody. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, it, it, hey, we all need to get there. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Eli or Jay Cutler. You got Eli. Eli, man, love. I love working with Eli. It, it was funny every day. It was awesome. We talked about so many things. But I got to go with Jay Cutler. You're going with Cutler across country. We're talking about going across. Yeah. Like, we're talking about going from one side to the other. Yeah, 10-day drive. Why? Oh, man, it's going to be fireworks. It's going, we're going to be talking about so many cool things. We'll probably get pulled over, start telling on each other. We'll start fighting on the side of the road. It's going to be like Dumb and Dumber. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Oh, Brandon and Jay, Harry and Lloyd in the shagging wagon across the country. That's incredible. Exactly. That's fun. It's like when you make it, when you finally make it to like Cali or like Seattle, wherever the heck we go, Washington, you're, it's like we made it. Oh my goodness. We survived. We survived each other. So a second scenario, same guys, you are in a really bad situation in a dark alley and there's eight dudes and they want to beat your ass, and you can only pick one of these quarterbacks to be in that alley with you. Who's it going to be? Russell Wilson. You're going to take Russell? They Try the smallest like, one. Russell Wilson got that spirit on him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Wilson. You're talking the about the team, Holy Spirit? Right? <laughs> I'm going with Russell Wilson. And, and there ain't no fight on Russell Wilson. Do you see Russell Wilson? Why is he the winning, the most winningest quarterback through the first, uh, what, eight, nine years? Why is he you know, the comeback kid always because, man, something, spe- something special about this kid. His spirit is amazing, man. So, you know, Russell will probably, like, they'll, we'll, be in the, we'll be in the alley and then Russell will be like, let me just pray for you guys. And then everybody just chill and then we become friends. So I don't think there will be a fight with Russell. Oh, that's a brilliant answer. He'd go cross-country with Jay. He would fight with Russell because there would be no fights. The Holy Spirit no will fight. defuse it. You have a lot of fight, Brandon. You're three out of four. We go to question five. Let's get cooking. Question five, your category is the 1960s. The 1960s. Here's your question. What late performer released the album Live at the Apollo in 1962? Late performer, Live at the Apollo. Yes. 19 when? 1962. He released an album called Live at the Apollo. He is no longer with us. He has passed on. Who was it? Wow, so... um, What do you think? James Brown. I'm not going to go with that. I'm going with that. I'm not going to answer that. 
Brown. Just speaking out loud. Okay. I'm Could be out loud. Speaking out loud. I'm just working through something. All right. Got to be, gotta be somebody soulful. Yeah. Oh, Harlem, right? Harlem, right? Yes, Harlem. That's where, yes, okay. at the Apollo. All right. Think of anybody else? You want You know one? what? I, I think I, I think I got you. I, I know this game now. What do you mean? James Brown, because I used to live in Augusta, Georgia. That's how it's going to come back around. See, Brandon, so few people can see the matrix. They don't understand that. It, don't worry about the question. Think about yourself. Is the answer James Brown? You're damn right it's James Brown. You got it right. Now, hold on. I didn't even know about the Georgia thing. I said James Brown because James Brown is also the name of one of your coworkers that you've worked with for years inside oh, the NFL, the broadcast. Wow. No, I used to live in Augusta, Georgia, and James Brown is from Augusta, Georgia. Okay. So you so got you did some deep like research and you're like, oh Brandon, you, you actually went to Westside High School in Augusta, Georgia, your freshman sophomore year. That's where I thought you were going. See, that was even smarter than the show right now, Brandon. That's how well you were playing. <laughs> I thought of the basic entry level James Brown comparison. I bring up James Brown. You've been on so many times inside the NFL with him, and everybody loves JB. I ask it more about this. You were this player, this uh, uh, magnetic player who certainly had your run-ins with the media. Now that you're in the media, how has your impression changed of it from what you thought of it as a player? Yeah, well, actually, when I got to Chicago, so halfway in my career is when, when my perspective changed and I realized that they're just doing their job. And I, and I realized that it was a relationship. You know, so it's obviously as a player, you know that they have a job to do. So if you play well, they're going to talk. They're going to talk good about you. They'll support you. And if you play bad, not when you use the word support, but if you play bad, they have a job to do. And you just got to know that, you know, it's about personalities. Some people, you know, they they, they have a gift when it comes to their tone. And, and sometimes their brand may be to, to bash other people. You just can't take it personally. And you got to understand the business side of it. So that's the biggest thing I learned in my career. I stopped taking it personal and, and I started focusing on the business. Cause you got to think about this. You got a kid from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And my only way out was football and football saved my life. So when I get to the NFL, it's personal. Yeah. It's not business. So that's why you see some guys that may struggle emotionally uh, have these type of outbursts and these type of clashes because you have the kid, the player, where it's like, yo, this is personal for me. It saved my life. And then you have a guy on the other side like, well, this is business for me. I get a check. I, yeah, you know, I love it. I'm passionate about it. You know, it's it's my talent, but it, it, it's not it's it's not that personal for them. They're literally doing their job. And, and when you understand that as a player, you start um, operating a little bit differently. When you were playing football, I know there were wide receivers you really respected and said like, oh man, he's incredible and looked up to him. Now that you're in media, who are some people in the NFL media, sports media, who you just think are incredible at their jobs? All right, James Brown is one. I learned a lot from James Brown. What I learned from James Brown is really how to host, right? So when you think about I am athlete, I literally go into my JB mode. Like Tuesdays, I'm shooting uh, uh, in, in New York inside the NFL at CBS Studios. And uh, James, Brown's, James Brown is the host. I fly in town back to South Florida. We shoot our show, I Am Athlete. And now I quickly transition from, you know, being a co-host to the host, right? So now I'm pushing the conversation forward. Uh, that's a guy. I learned a lot from Phil Sims. You know, I've been on this show for seven years. Phil Sims does a phenomenal job of telling us why. So he's a guy I learned a lot from. Stephen A. Smith Entertainment 
and really being able to capture you and, and, and hold your attention for four or five minutes. He's a guy. Ellen DeGeneres, she's someone that I studied. I also studied um, um, uh, David Letterman, big fan of David, Letter- David Letterman. Um, who else do I study? Uh, who else is out there that does Nick Wright, my 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 co-host now, like the star of our show, he he is brilliant. I mean, you just gotta listen to the guy. He knows he knows everything about the game, what we're talking about, and he entertains Colin, Colin Coward. He is next level. So there's a lot of guys out there that I really like, and obviously Michael Strahan, I was studying him because of you know, how he created a path, his own path, his own lane. And it's a blueprint for guys like myself. So I can go on and on, uh, uh, you know, regarding, you know, people that I study and I respect. I actually have a list, of, like a, a notebook with all these people. And I'm just like, okay, you know, what, what can I take from their game? You know, it's the same way. Like, just like you said, football, it, it was, you know, Terrell Owens. It was obviously Jerry Rice. It was, you know, who else Who else did I really enjoy watching back in the day? Uh, Jason Avant. Uh, uh, I love Jason Avant. Um, yeah, um, Derek Mason. You know, these are names people didn't don't, don't even remember, but those are guys that I studied. You know, Brandon Stokely was the guy that taught me how to play in the slot. So, you know, the same thing I did in football, I'm now doing on the media side. And you're, you're absolutely doing amazing. It's a great answer. And you're doing amazing on this. You're four out of five as we get to question six. Brandon, you take care of yourself. You talked about the kind of food you need to eat, the kind of things you do at House of Athletes. So this category is not necessarily wheelhouse. Question six, your category is fast food. Oh, it's in my wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, really? Well, we'll find out. It, it, it was quite part of the journey. Yeah, hey, okay. everything is part of the journey. Your journey right now is about you getting the fifth point. Where's the beef was a famous slogan for what? Wendy's. He no, said, Wendy's, 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 Wendy's. Where's the beef? You said Arby's, you said Wendy's. Take a breath. I want to make sure you get the answer that you want. Wendy's. Wendy's? Wendy's. He says Wendy's. Is that right? Yes. Yes! <laughs> See, Brandon's taking over. He's starting to let talk tell, shit Let now. me tell you why. why? I, I don't know how, where you got this from, but when I was when I was born in Allegheny Hospital, the nurses, I was 10 pounds and like 6 ounces, and the nurses... They took this sign, they put it over my, you know, crib or whatever you call it, and it said, where's the beef? My mom told me that story. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's a huge baby. That's how I know it. That's the only reason why. All right. Well, that's huge, fortuitous. James Brown is from your hometown, and there was a sign about <laughs> Wendy's above you as a kid. It's coming up good for you, and you just tied Kirk Cousins with five points. I ask about beef because we know that as a player, you had some. You had some big time, especially <laughs> in the first half of your career. And I don't mean the kind you eat. I'm going to play a clip for you, and I think it's interesting through the lens of where you are in your life now to look back on it. There was a linebacker for the Steelers named Joey Porter. <laughs> Brandon's already laughing. Joey Porter, big, badass linebacker, oh, Super Bowl champ. So you played against him, and after the game, you're sitting at your locker surrounded by reporters, and they ask you about Joey Porter, and you said this. He's definitely one of those guys who, you know, all those muscles are popcorn muscles. He's soft. Uh, you know, we hear stories you know, floating around the lead all the time about him as far as, you know, in in, the, in nightclubs, dancing with a shirt off like a girl or in the playground getting beat up back in California. So he's one of those guys that, you know, no matter how big he is, he still can get knocked on his butt. <laughs> all right, you're laughing. This show is phenomenal. Thank you. I love it. This is genius. I love it. So what when you hear that, how do you feel? The first thing I think about is that was real beef. And um, 
like I said, you know, it's personal out there for a lot of us. And that was personal for me. Fast forward to after the year, we both made the Pro Bowl. Yep. We both were, we both were in the AFC. Denver Broncos, Pittsburgh Steelers, right? We're on the same team. We're in the same locker room. It's getting awkward, right? So we go out to our first practice and we're stretching. And then all the guys, you got Peyton Manning out there, you got Ray Lewis, you got so many guys. It's like, so are we are we going to address this or not? <laughs> so that's the first thing I think about was how – you know, I thought it was going to be so serious. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to get ready. Got to, yeah, I got to check my, you know, my back, right? Make sure I'm good. And, and uh, quickly, once we got out there and, and the guys, the vets, you know, they were like, so are we going to address this or no? We just start laughing. And, and Joey started laughing and, and we just start hanging out the rest of the week. So that's the first thing I think about it is really that awkward moment at the Pro Bowl. I thought it was, it, we were going to actually start fighting, yeah. you know, how serious it was on the field. You were ready. I mean, you were ready to throw down. I was ready. I was ready. I was just going to do one, two. I'll still do it. He still got popcorn muscles. And you know what's also funny? Hmm. Two years later, I get traded to the, or a year later, I get traded to the Dolphins. Guess whose house I rented? Tell me. Joey Porter's, Peasy's. We're like this now. Hmm. We're, we're like this. It's my buddy. See, I don't know, Brandon. He's big, strong guy. I, I think he might have kicked your ass. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, all they want to do is grab, Kyle. So I'm going to teach you something. Okay. If you ever see a big dude yeah. and he got a lot of muscles, uh-huh. the first thing you're going to do is grab. So what I want you to do is stand like this, put your fist right below your yep. chin, and as soon as they come close to grab you, go one, two, right uh-huh. to the chin. Just look at look at their chin the whole time yeah. and go one, two. And they go down. It's over. Wow. They go down. So if down. if Peyton Manning did not cut the tension, you would have had to maybe go one two to the chin. Oh yeah, I was ready. I was ready. It probably right. took one two three with him. Yeah, it's a big dude now. You do the one two, the hook uppercut, maybe one of those or something. All right. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to tell you this, Brandon, but right now, uh, waiting to come on, we have Joey Porter. Joey, no, we don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, do, we do have a five out of six score. Brandon Marshall, your question seven, your category is 90s NBA. What was Gary Payton's nickname? The Glove. The Glove? Yeah. Come on, man. He says the Glove. Brandon Marshall is now getting so cocky, he's getting insulted by the questions. Is it the Glove? Six out of seven. Six out of seven. Alex Smith, number one overall pick, scored a nine out of ten. It's our all-time highest score. You're threatening it right now. You didn't tell me that. Oh, you just oh, you showed me. The I played you a few of them. I played you a few. Of them. Oh. But Alex Smith, I'll tell you right now, as a if nine you out of ten. Me that, I would have went, went ten for ten. That ship has sailed, my friend. But you can tie it. Why am I asking you about Gary Payton, the glove? Because there was an amazing moment. I remember where I was. So you're you're getting out of the game is played. You score a touchdown with the Denver Broncos against the Cleveland Browns. You guys go up. It's the the winning margin. And you reach into to your belt and appear to be pulling something out like a glove. Brandon Stokely runs over and physically stops you from doing it. And right. apparently looked like he stopped you from getting a penalty. You guys win the game. You sit down at the desk with Sap and Dion and Rich Eisen and everybody. And you say, I have the sound here. You say that you were planning to do a show of support like Tommy Smith and John Carlos, the 1968 Olympics. This is a young Brandon Marshall on that night explaining what he was doing. In my own way, I wanted to play respect to our nation and the progress we made. So I got a white glove painted black half and half. 
And it's not about <laughs> black power, and it's not about white or black. It's about USA, red, white, and blue. And that's what I was going to do. But Stokely came and said, it's too close to a ball game. You might get flagged. So put it Where back. is it? Where is yeah. it? I got rid of it. Old vet told me to get rid of it. <laughs> All right. What do you think when you hear that guy? This is obviously years yeah. before Kaepernick, years before everything is going on now. You had big plans that night, man. Yeah. Uh, wow. So I just remember, I mean, it's, it's really where we're at today, right? You know, so divided. And, um, you know, so I remember this whole conversation in 2008, um, President Barack Obama's, you know, his run, it, be, it, 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 it started to become about black and white and less about politics and leadership in our country. And so for me, you know, in my, in my way, it, it was, you know, an opportunity to, to actually start that conversation to say that, like, man, Barack Obama is our president, not because he's black and it's not about black or white. It's because he's fit for the job. So 2009 to 2017 was awesome for our country in so many ways because it showed a lot of people out there it's been marginalized that, you know, it's possible. And, um, you know, I just think that, you know, we, we are now in the second wave of the civil rights movement. And, and I love seeing my brothers and sisters step up and, and really uh, pound the pavement and march today. And that's both black and white people, you know, so it's, it's a special moment for us. Uh, we're making a lot of progress when it comes to race, when it comes to equality, when it comes to, you know, inclusion. Um, this is the time now to 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 really push back uh, on the system and figure out, like, what do we need today? Like, this is, you know, a lot of this stuff was put in place, you know, you know, back when we didn't have computers and back when technology and science was, you know, at the beginning of, you know, it wasn't at the forefront of, you know, the things that we're doing today. So I, I think that it's an, it was an opportunity for us to start that conversation. I'm just proud of our athletes today really pushing the conversation forward. It would have been really powerful. Be honest with me. You look back, do you wish that Stokely had not stopped you? No, I, because that was it for me, right? Like, I, I didn't understand how big it was, that moment was, right? I, I mean, it just felt it didn't feel right. You know, it didn't feel right that the conversation was about Barack Obama being black, you know, and, 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 it, and it wasn't about politics and what he can do for all people. Um, you know, I think, like, I'm proud of Colin Kaepernick because not only did he take that knee, but he also put the work in. And, and there's other athletes as well that took that knee or, 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 or marched and, and protested and actually put the work in. So the conversation... It's deeper now. Before it was just, you know, hey guys, it's not about that, right? Today it's about how do we how do we provoke change? Where's the reform? I mean, you know, there's some people doing some amazing things. People, you got Anquan Bolden and Malcolm Jenkins walking the halls of Congress. You got Tory Smith doing a phenomenal job, you know, getting bills passed. That's what it's about. It's incredible. I, I, part of me wishes you could have done it. It would have been an amazing moment. It was pre-social media. I know you're so passionate yeah. about it. At the same time, you know, you probably would have gotten flagged and maybe you lose and then you would have got skewered. So maybe it worked out like it was supposed to. We go to question eight, Brandon. This is everybody's favorite category. This is finish this lyric. I'm going to play for you a song. You're going to hear the singer. He's going to stop. And then you, you need to finish the song as it goes on. 
Brandon Marshall, finish the lyric. Seems to me, girl, you know I've done all I can. You see a big stone and I bought one. Yeah. Ooh, that's why I'm easy. Easy life Sunday morning. Brandon Marshall is destroying the show. He is destroying all the record books. It was easy. The show is easy like a Sunday morning. I'm easy Did you, like you no hesitation morning. whatsoever? Oh, take it in, Brandon. Take your victory lap. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, keep that going. Hey, run that back. <laughs> and run that back for Mr. Marshall. He's, he's yeah. going to destroy the entire game. Seven out of eight. Yes. Why are we playing easy like a Sunday morning? Watch this. You're going to love this. Easy Like Sunday Morning is a song by the Commodores. A famous Commodore who you know really well means he went to Vanderbilt. It means he's a quarterback. That means Jay Cutler is a famous Commodore. So we played the Commodores. Now, we talked Cutler earlier in the show. You, for so long, were just peppered with Cutler questions. Cutler, Cutler, Cutler. What's your relationship? Where are you at his wedding? Why don't you guys get along? It was a thing for years. Do you have a relationship with him now? I do not have a relationship. Uh, yeah, I do have a relationship with color. Like we don't guys, talk right now, but we have a relationship. <laughs> right, but like, do you guys text? Do you guys, like, are you in touch? Uh, no, so <laughs> we, we tried to pick it back up during quarantine. And, uh, you know, I text him. He hit me back. We had an amazing conversation. And then it just went cold. Uh, so, you know, we'll see where it goes. Like, I mean, the history, you know, you can never take that away. You know? like, if we played... If we played longer together, I truly believe we would have been the, the deadliest duo when you, when you look at the quarterback wide receiver uh, position. So, unfortunately, that was cut short, and we didn't get the job done, but it was special. I mean, we communicated without even looking at each other and giving any hand signals. Like, we were so in sync and on the same page. It was ridiculous. We had Coach Shanahan, and, you know, we had um, Jeremy Bates, our offensive coordinator at the time, just say, you know what, we're going to call Trips right. Z bingo, we're gonna put you on a, a wheel route and then X Brandon, your backside, and they would say X Hansen. When you guys get to the line, do whatever you want. So literally that was 25-30% of our, our playbook. Um, you know, in, in our, our, our last year together with Coach Shanahan in Denver. So it was a special moment. Then it was my brother off the field. We got drafted the same year. And I just think in Chicago, it was one of those things where, you know, I was maturing and growing, and I was like, look. I, I want to do things a little differently and, and, and it just didn't work out. And, and there's, there's a, there's definitely some things that I could have done differently um, in that last year in Chicago. Um, and, and it just didn't happen. It's a shame when you say it like that, because I agree when you say we could have been one of the greatest tandems ever. And we see, you know, Peyton at Marvin and like right now, Rogers has Devante and the two, you guys were electric. Why didn't it work out? Put a finger and that on was, it. And that was intentional. So <laughs> our rookie, like, drafted 2006. He was the first – he was our first pick in the first – he was our, our first-round pick. Um, we took Tony Scheffler in the third round. No, we took Tony Scheffler in the second round. We didn't have a third-round pick. And we had me in the fourth, Elvis Dumerville, and, and Dom in the fourth as well, another receiver. Freaking phenomenal. And And – he took over maybe after week six or week seven for Jake the Snake Plumber. And, and leading up to the game, I remember 
doing a quick little search on Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning. And I went to him, I said, look, the goal for us is to break their record. I think at the time there was like 144 touchdowns um, uh, from Peyton to, to Marvin. And it was a league high and it still is, I believe. Um, and so we, we go and we're playing Seattle. I believe he throws me a hitch. I take it 77 yards. He meets me in the end zone and there's this cool picture. It's actually a painting. He has one and I have one. And it's just our face masks are together. I said, all right, we got 143 more to go. Um, so, yeah, it was a, that was the goal from the beginning. And why didn't it work out? Um, I don't know, man. Like, you know, we all wanted to win. How, how, how we went about doing it, I think, was different. I think that was the reason why. It wasn't really anything personal. It was really like, how do we approach business? Meaning, like, the, the, the meeting rooms, the practice field, et cetera, et cetera. There's things that he didn't like about my approach, and there's things that I didn't like about his approach. I like that you text him during quarantine. As a football fan, I, we root for you guys, and we root for the relationship. So I hope you keep it up. Obviously, be healthy for everybody. You have two text questions. Me, text me, Jay. Jay, I know you're a fan <laughs> of the 10 questions. You're sitting here listening to Brandon. Text the man. No, don't text me, Jay. Just throw me the dang on ball. Don't Always throw him the ball. I'm going to throw you two more shots. We have two questions left, Brandon. You have a seven out of eight. You can tie the all-time record. This is an incredible thing. Brandon Marshall, who, of course, is the I Am Athlete podcast and the House of Athlete lifestyle wellness brand. Question number nine. Here we go. Brandon Marshall, your category is who said this? I'm going to play for you a famous quote from a press conference. It's not you. Don't worry. Summer press conference. Just tell me who said this. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. This is embarrassing. What? I, 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 this is embarrassing. Like, of course, this is... I mean, Buffalo Bills. And you can picture it, can't you? But you don't know the name. Oh, my goodness. Coach Marv. Marv Levy. Marv Levy? Yeah. I, I, Brandon, I want to make sure, because I know you're, you're this Yeah, great. yeah, because I, like, like, it's, yes, right. yes. Is but, the answer Marv Levy? Marv Levy is the coach of the Bengals for a long time. Yeah, you know who he is. He's an old defensive coordinator for the Reds. But that's not the correct answer. The correct answer is former Indianapolis Colts head coach Jim Mora. That's who it is. Playoffs. Jim Mora. Jim Mora. I love his son. Yeah, of course. Everybody loves his son. That's embarrassing. Like, you play football. We we, we play this every day all year. You get a seven out of nine. I play that clip. Playoffs, playoffs. You know this. It's something that follows you around, and it can't be easy amazing career you never yeah. made the playoffs you never even played in a wild card game what's that like to carry that around does that piss you off or are you at peace with it yeah yeah i mean i'm at peace with it because i know who i am right before um football was my was my was my purpose right and and it took me a, a, a long time to realize that it wasn't um and you know now I'm a man of faith. You know, I, you know, I say it here. I know, you know they tell us to stay away from religion and politics. But there's this thing that we say in, the, in, the, in, our, in the Christian community is like, 
who are you in Christ, right? So when you realize that, then it, then you, you know, all this other stuff really doesn't matter. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, how I was able to get over it by understanding that, but I'm very competitive and I do think about it still, you know, it's like, dang, I never got that done. And, and I, I wish I did um, because that's what it was all about for me. I would say after, you know, my fifth year, you know, so for, for, for damn near eight years, all I was thinking about was, uh, hoisting the Lombardi trophy and I, what was going to be my, my, my speech when it comes to mm. winning the MVP in the Super Bowl, mm. right? Like, and then people used to say that all the time, like, Brandon, the playoffs, but I didn't care about the playoffs. I just wanted to win the Super Bowl. Like, damn, I, I'm not trying to go to the playoffs and lose. That's not fun. Um, you know, and it, it just shows and it goes to like business now. You got like Deshaun Watson out there. You got Russell Wilson out there talking about potentially leaving the Seattle Seahawks. Guys are taking, you know, their legacy, uh, their careers, and they're, and they're taking the ownership back, right? Before it was like, okay, here's my career. Here's my legacy, Mr. General Manager, Head Coach. You know, I trust you. I believe you. I'm going to be here until you tell me I'm not. And I was a guy that didn't really understand the business of it. So when I left, when I left Denver, I should have been looking for uh, a landing spot that had a championship quarterback had a phenomenal head coach had stability and ownership. I didn't think about that. I just took the biggest check. And then when I left from, when I went from, uh, uh, them, uh, from, from, from Miami to Chicago, it was about Jay Cutler. Right. And then from there, Chicago to, to New York, it was about, well, I can go to New York and I get the best of both worlds. Right. So I I never, I, I, I always had this, weird mentality that we can be the underdogs and we can get it done. And I never put, you know, the general manager ownership quarterback first. And that's what I should have did. Smart, man. Looking back, I understand. And I love that you are so healthy with yourself and your faith, obviously, that it doesn't just uh, torture you. It's incredible. It's contagious, too. The last question, number 10, it's always an essay. The essay question means I'm going to give you a take or something that you've said in the past that I'm not so sure about. You have the floor to convince me of that. This is a really good one because it's ripped from the headlines. Brandon, you've said recently that you think you can beat Deontay Wilder in a boxing match. Deontay Wilder, lest anybody know, former heavyweight champion of the world, prolific fighter. You think you can take him out. There's a lot of people who don't believe you. Why can you do this? The floor is yours. Ray Lewis... Troy Palomalu, PZ, Joey Porter, who you talked about, Ed Reed, John Lynch. Um, I can go on and on and on. Those guys hit me in the mouth, and I got right back up. So as a boxer, there's two things that you got to have. You got to have the sweet science, because guys can go out there, and, and you can die in the ring. So you better know what the heck you're doing. The other thing is, you can have all the sweet science in the world, but if you can't take a punch, if you can't take a hit, then you have no chance. You got, you got Troy Palomalu 20 yards deep in the midfield, mm-hmm. closing down on a bubble screen, running 22 miles per hour. And you got Brandon Marshall, third person, <laughs> running 21 miles per hour up the sideline. And these two cars just bam, and you get back up, you shake it off. So 
The thing that people don't understand is I'm one of the toughest dudes that ever walked this planet. That's one. And two, I've been boxing and training since I was six years old. So people are like, Brandon, what, what, what about this? What is this? That was supposed to be my first career. So back in the day, my uncle Tata would come into the living room, be like, all right, Brandon, let me show me one, two, right? Bang, bang, bang. And then I was getting nice. And he was like, one day he put it up and I missed it. I missed the two. I know, actually, I missed the three. So boom, 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 came with a hook. And I missed it and I hit him in the jaw. And I was five years, I was six years old at the time. He said, now you ready. He said, you ready. He said, meet me at the gym. That's what he said. And here's what happened. <laughs> Wake up in the morning. Yeah. Six in the morning at six years old. Yeah. I go to the gym. Tata, Uncle Tata ain't there. So I'm devastated because I thought I was going to become the next heavyweight champion in the world. That's what I thought at six years old. So then what ended up happening is I ended up signing up for football and kept doing that. But Uncle Tata, what he would do is like, Brandon, I know you're playing football now, but we're going to keep this thing going. So every year, Uncle Tata, still to this day, we get in there, he'll cut, whether it's in my house or not, and we work on the sweet science. So those are the two reasons why. Uncle Tata, sweet science, Ray Lewis, uh, Ed Reed, uh, Troy Palomaro, uh, John Lynch, uh, uh. That's why I can beat Deontay Wilder. It's an incredible take. I love you. I respect your toughness. I have huge love for Uncle Tai Tai. He's got 44 professional fights to your zero, Brandon. I don't think you can beat him in the boxing match. It's maybe a warm-up fight first before you... Be- I can't give you the point. As much as I love Uncle Tai Tai and I love you, it's amazing. Dude, you are so cool. House of Athlete is so good. You have finished the 10 questions. Uh, Brandon, you've been an absolute revelation. How do you feel? I feel like a loser. I wanted to beat Mike. I didn't know that freaking Alex Smith had 9 out of 10. You didn't tell me that. I- I burnt my, my first mulligan, call it a, a millennial on the first <laughs> question. I feel terrible. All right. But well, it was a phenomenal show. I will say this. Yeah. Listen, I've been on Inside the NFL, I think, seven years, maybe eight. I don't know. Getting old. Um, just started, you know, um, on FS1, First Things First. And uh, obviously the podcast is new. And, yeah. you know, we talked about studying things and, and, and studying other people that's done it before you. Um, the reason why I love I Am Athlete because it's different. And this show right here is different, right? Like, it's just amazing. And, and it's one of the best podcasts I've ever been on. I love the format. I just love it all. So great job, man. It, you know, I feel like a loser, but at the same time, I had a phenomenal, a phenomenal experience and a phenomenal time. Thank you for that. You're the best. Take that frustration you feel. And Brandon, everybody does this at the very end of the show. Everybody does a call out where they look and they think of a public figure and you say to the camera, you come in here and do 10 questions and try to beat my score. Who do you think would work well in this format? And does his name rhyme with Kay Jutler? <laughs> you, you know me. It's like, it's like you're, you're, you're here. Like, uh, you're here. That's exactly where I'm going to go. Do it. Call Jay him out. Cutler. Jay Cutler, you're up next, buddy. Can you finish the 10 questions with my man KB? Let's go the best call out we've ever had brandon marshall you've been incredible please everybody listen to i am athlete podcast go to house of athlete lifestyle you're the best incredible career incredible in media we will do this again sometime because i know you got a bone to pick with your score brandon thank you so much yes i do thank you thank you so much
10 Questions with Kyle Brandt is a co-production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, Steve Allman, Jackson Safan, and Arjuna Ramgopal. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.